You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode 120, for the week of Wednesday, the 11th of June, brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scott. I'm Eli. And I'm Nicola. Tonight, it's an alternate universe special as we talk with superstar Earth 2 artist Nicola Scott about turning art into collectibles. How are you? I am good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. I'm extremely excited about getting to talk to Nicola Scott tonight. Me too. I am very much looking forward to this. Yeah. So a bit do, of a... Do you remember, did you remember how, how long it took me to respond to your uh, message about uh, whether or not I wanted to be involved? So like 20 seconds? 30 Something seconds? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know that you can reply to messages quickly when you want to. Shh. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, Do not this, go behind the curtain. Oh, sorry. This is a bit of a different show tonight. We uh, have a, a great chat lined up with Nicola, and so we wanted to dedicate the uh, show to that. Um, so we won't have our regular features this week, but if you are a regular listener, they will be back next week. And uh, if you are joining us for the first time, then you have no idea all the awesome things that you're missing out on, <laughs> and you need to go back and listen or come back and listen in the future. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But we, we always do start with a little bit of a how are you? So how are you, Eli? Not too bad. I've been under the weather a little bit this week, but uh, oh, I wasn't going to take get a, a sick note for to, for this um, this recording. I'm definitely going to have to just soldier on. <laughs> I've had um, we, we've had the plague hitting our house, uh, and uh, <laughs> I've had a child home for a couple of days this week. It's been pretty full on, uh, and it's funny like when you uh, have a kid at home and they know your mobile number. <laughs> they kind of forget that, you know, like I'm the parent that's not staying home with you today and I'm trying to get work done at the moment, darling. So, <laughs> yeah, I had a few of those phone calls. Um, but it's kind of cute, but kind yeah. of. There's something something about those children that, you know, you find cute. It's I find it funny, though, when you're kind of engrossed in work and then something happens that just kind of takes you out of it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, oh you're at, you're at home. Oh you're sick. Oh yes, I'm a parent. Oh." <laughs> <laughs> or the opposite, when you're a grown up at home and work seems to forget that when you're sick at home, you're not actually working. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I had uh, a a couple of jobs ago. I, the first time I had, was ever home sick, I sent a message to my boss saying, "Sorry, look, I'm really quick. I'm not going to be in today." And the reply I got was, "No worries. If you can just do blah and blah." <laughs> no, no, no. You misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> and I just replied back, and I was like, I, "I obviously did not communicate effectively that I'm not working today." <laughs> And I mean, that's one of the traps of technology, isn't it? Isn't it? That once upon a time, you just, you know, sent a pigeon to say, I'm not coming in, and then you could roll over and go to bed. Yeah. 
But look, the wonder of technology means that we can have these very special episodes. It does. And that is a fantastic segue to what is going to be an awesome interview. Now, if you uh, have turned up here and you do not know who Nicola Scott is, shame on you. Um, Not only is she, uh, in my opinion, one of the best uh, artists in modern comics, she has been a DC Comics uh, what's the word? Staple for quite some time now. Stable? Staple? Staple, yeah. Yes, yeah, staple. Staple. Now, now that you've said it that many times, it sounds wrong, but I think it might be right. Uh, Secret Six, uh, Wonder Woman, of course, and now in the New 52, she has uh, not only been drawing Earth 2, but also had the chance to design a lot of the uh, specific Earth 2 looks for these characters. And uh, the reason that we asked to chat with her is because there are toys and statues coming out of some of these looks. And we thought it'd be really interesting to get the artist's perspective on what it's like to uh, have toys made of your own work and uh, and talk about her involvement in that process as well. So that's what we're going to do. It's the exploding bridge with Batmobile and Activator. Batman's included. Pretend Robin is held prisoner. Batman's in the Batmobile. You can send him to the rescue. Imagine the villain uses the comic action activator to stop Batman as he crosses the bridge. He's made it in the nick of time. Set the activator, place Batman on it, and you can send him to the rescue. The exploding bridge with Batmobile and activator comes with Batman from the comic action heroes collection. Robin sold separately. Well, if you are a fan of the modern world of DC Comics, then Nicholas Scott is going to be a familiar name to you. Not only is she one of DC's premier artists at the moment, but also she is, of course, Australia's own homegrown art talent, and we are absolutely delighted to have her uh, here chatting with us tonight. Nicola, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. So so I've got to ask, what is a nice girl like you doing drawing comic books? Um, I came I came to drawing comic books in quite the roundabout way because I didn't really grow up with comic books. Uh, <gasps> okay, well, we can finish uh, there then. That's fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Right. Uh, yes, it was it, when I hear everybody else's stories and how how they you know they loved comics growing up and it was their big dream to get into comics. I do still have my moments of thinking, God, I'm a fraud. I'm such a fraud. <laughs> Because I didn't decide to draw comics until I was, uh, like, not long before my 30th birthday. Wow. And uh, at the time I probably read maybe half a dozen comics. So I was aware of them by then. I I didn't really become aware of comics until I was sort of in my late teens, and even then I didn't get it because I grew up on – I grew up loving superheroes, but my my introduction to superheroes came through – TV shows and films and cartoons, you know, hmm. I was a huge Super Friends fan and I loved the Batman reruns and awesome. Superman films and Wonder Woman, the TV show. Uh, that was the very first time I saw a superhero was watching Wonder Woman and I was blown away. <laughs> and because I could draw, I used to draw her all the time. And, you know, I'd start drawing some of the other characters as well because they sort of, they... I loved how flashy and fun and powerful they were and, you know, particularly the the female characters, you know, Wonder Woman and Batgirl and Electra Woman and Dino Girl. They were sort of big, <laughs> big, big influences to me and I never quite grew out of it when I sort of hit my teenage years. Um, and then when I would see comic books and I'd see Wonder Woman on the cover of a comic book and I'd go, oh, my God, that's Wonder Woman, and I would pick it up 
And, of course, it was full of DC continuity, but it was so different from the TV show hmm. that I'd be like, these people, they got it wrong. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Not realising, you know, completely uneducated. I had no idea that that was the source material and that it was the TV show that had got it completely wrong. They had just sort of done their own development, their own treatment. So did, um, did you imagine that you'd – were you always aiming for a career in art? No. No? no? Okay. It, it, it really was the most roundabout way. I was I was an actor. That was what ah. I was aspiring to do. I'd been studying acting sort of reasonably seriously from about the age of 13 or 14. Well. Uh, I, I'd found myself in a school play and just, you know – had been overwhelmed by by the experience and just thought, right, this is it. This is it for me. And so I I pursued that, and that was kind of what I was doing through my twenties. Um, and it was never sort of really quite taking off in the way that I wanted it to. I, I spent my mid twenties doing a lot of advertising, sort of being quite lucky with my advertising gigs. Hmm. Um, but advertising isn't acting and it wasn't ever really translating into acting. And I found that sort of really frustrating. And one of the things that I found really limiting about that was that you, to be an actor, to produce the art of acting, you need an audience. Yeah. You can't sort of sit at home and produce. And that would be where I would sort of see, but I can just sort of sit at home and draw. And I've always drawn. drawn. Drawing is one of those things that, that I was big on at school, always getting in trouble for for drawing in my books at school. <laughs> but I I had never, uh, well, yeah, I kind of dabbled in a little commercial art because my sister was a graphic designer or is a graphic designer, and so I'd do little illustration jobs for her. But it was never anything that was particularly interesting to me. So I never thought of it as a career. And it was only after I'd put acting in a box that, I was like, okay, so what the hell else am I going to do? You know, I'm working as a waitress because that's what all, all actors do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like I should be doing something creative with my life. What the fuck? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I can sew and I can draw. What can I do with those things? And as I eliminated all the ideas that I could come up with, all the different ways that I could think of to make money out of sewing or drawing, I just was – getting down to nothing it was like I can't think of anything and I was just like god if I had to draw all day every day the same thing and it would be boring what do I want to draw as soon as I thought that I would be I was thinking god it would be funny if I could just draw Wonder Woman every day and as soon as I thought that I was like whoa 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 wait a minute holy shit that's a real job that somebody has right now someone has that job right now where all they have to do all day Every day is draw Wonder Woman. It's drawing comic books. Holy shit, that's what I should be doing. And straight away, that was it. It was like a complete 180 in the space of about three seconds. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I so I made this decision. I'm going to draw comic books. I'm going to work at DC Comics with no idea what any of that meant. And, like, I'm a, a, a vaguely geeky girl with not any geeky friends. Well, at the time, no geeky friends. <laughs> And no idea about this industry that I just decided I was going to work in. Yeah, I just had no fucking concept <laughs> of, of what that next step would be. But I jumped in my car and I drove to the comic book store. This was sort of like uh, late Sunday morning. 
when this idea had struck me. And so I jumped in my car and I drew to, drove, drove to a comic book store, which I knew about because it was near my parents' place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in there and I bought a whole lot of comics and, um, and just sort of aggressively started pursuing this vague idea and starting with, you know, the dumbest of questions because I really had no idea what to do next other than, okay, start drawing, start setting yourself some rules. And it was, that was kind of how it started. And from that zero point of no idea, no concept uh, about an industry that's on the other side of the planet to getting my job at DC Comics took me four and a half years. Wow. Pretty proud of that. (laughs) That is amazing. It's a pretty short up. Short ramp. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that um, because because I didn't grow up with this being my sort of dream, I wasn't as emotionally invested in it as a lot of people who were my peers at, at every particular level of the industry from the no idea to the next step to the next step to the next step. Mm. You know, everybody had these sort of really – heartfelt long-term dreams that came loaded with their own insecurities and and fears of success or fears of failure or you know you know just so much desire can can really overwhelm you emotionally Hmm. and I came into it with no emotions and just determination and so it was like when people would be critiquing me, I just didn't, it wasn't emotional. I'd just be, I'd just be like, whip this to shreds. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. And Mm. so I wasn't ever hearing feedback as something to be defensive of. Mm. The feedback to me was all constructive. You know, if I heard about someone doing, like I I heard uh, at San Diego Comic-Con one year, I think it was like my second or third year, I heard that, uh, uh, oh fuck! I'm blanking on his name. This big Batman artist from the seventies, Jim Aparo. No, maybe early eighties. Mm. Uh, Neil. Uh, on Neil Adams. God, it took me a long time to get there. <laughs> I heard he was doing well. Uh, some guys that I knew that were shopping their portfolios around said that they just got critiqued by Neil Adams and he ripped them a new one and they were kind of a bit devastated. And I was like, right, I'm going there. <laughs> and I sat my portfolio down and said, I hear you're doing reviews. And he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so he flipped through it and he was just like, oh. Ugh. And by the end of it, he said, well, I don't hate it. <laughs> and I was like, yes, awesome. What am I doing wrong? And he just pointed out everything. And I was like, Excellent. I can use that information. Mm. And so I I just sort of had that lack of emotion replaced by just sheer will and, and, you know, it's like naivety and, and, and uh, arrogance kind of got there fast. Well, I suppose too, if you don't have that kind of, uh, you know, invested, emotion in the people it's easier to just kind of relate to them as who they are and take that feedback and not be you know awed or um intimidated by someone's reputation um and it's probably you know a strength as opposed to people that have kind of grown up with these people and have these romantic ideas of 
their life exactly. in comics. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't as though Neil Adams was like my all-time favourite artist and to meet him and be destroyed by him was <laughs> was just the worst day of my life because, you know, I, I by that stage I was probably, I'd been doing this for about a year and a half, you know, by doing this I mean pursuing this from the point of knowing nothing. Um you know, I think I, I heard of Neil Adams' name and I knew that he had been a big Batman artist at a particular, you know, period in time. And, uh, you know, I knew that he had a big fan base, but it just, it didn't mean anything to me, hmm. <laughs> which hmm. is terrible to say. And, you know, now, obviously, I have a lot more perspective and I have a lot more reverence for, uh, you know, the people that have come before and the, the, the ground that they have paved and the importance, uh, their importance on the, in the industry. And so now I feel like if I were to meet Neil Adams, uh, uh, again, I would feel a little more sort of like, Oh, holy shit. You know, <laughs> we're back then. I was like, yeah, hi, I, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, are, and is a bit of an asshole. So hit me with it. Yeah. So now you're a um, well-recognised artist. The, you are named in USA Today as one of the... A bit random, wasn't it? I don't know. The nice. runner-up artist of the year behind Fiona Staples. That's yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, that in itself was pretty nice. You know, it was nice that it was a couple of chicks that, was, that were listed and, yeah. you know, Fiona's stuff is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful, isn't it, to have peers that are female, you know, as, as well, yeah. and to be um, not just rec- being recognized as like, oh, yeah, they're pretty good for a chick, but yeah. um, that, you know, you, you really are leading um, in that way. It's fantastic. My, I've got two girls, 13 and 11, and I- um, the uh, 11-year-old has no passion for this um, because it's not One Direction. Um, yeah. uh, and I actually just... Still a thing? Uh, I actually just lost a bit of my soul today by having to buy One Direction concert tickets. But the deal was, yeah, I did a deal with my wife, which was, look, if I sit online and buy the tickets, you go to the concert deal. So I'm not going. But anyway, but my eldest daughter is a huge fan and uh, a Barry Allen Flash fan. I don't know how that happened. Um, yeah, it's awesome. But it's but it's great for, you know, girls at, at that age also to see that, you know, there are women that have this as a career and yeah. um, that are that are creating. And that's uh, what's exciting. And I think particularly, um, you know, for you, you, you've actually had a hand not just in drawing these really established characters, but also in creating, um, you know, the looks of new characters or new takes on characters, et cetera. And that's got to be pretty exciting. It is really exciting. It's it's sort of it's a real thrill when you're putting your version out of a, a like a classic character. Hmm. You know, when you're putting when you're designing your own version of the Superman shield, <laughs> that's like holy crap, you know? It's like uh, it's it's different, you know, it's obviously got to be recognizable. It's got to be the same, but you're you're finding ways to make it original. Um, and it be kind of your contribution to this huge legacy. So obviously, you know, it's, it's a drop in the ocean, but you're literally having an opportunity to contribute to the real, uh, canon legacy of these 
of these iconic characters. It's it's quite mind boggling. When I sort of sit back and think about it, I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> And obviously we're a toy podcast and we wanted to uh, chat to you about what it was like to be a creator who uh, has collectibles made based on that work. But it's great just to be able to chat to you about how you got to this point because it has been an an exciting journey for you, obviously. Yeah, very, very, very. Mm -hmm. And so now you're um, drawing a book with a version of Wonder Woman. The, yes. the favorite character, and there's a toy being made of her. And there's a toy. I've already got her on my bookshelf. Ooh. Oh, really? So jazzed. Yeah, I got a. Oh. a, a, a the, the fine people at DC sent me a sample box yeah. with uh, the the first first line from the Earth 2 uh, series, which has uh, the second Batman, our second Batman, which is Thomas Wayne yeah. and our Wonder Spoilers. Woman and our Flash. Oh, yeah, sorry. Old spoilers, old spoilers. Yeah, old spoilers. Yeah. Um, the Titanic sinks as well, old spoilers. Okay. <laughs> yes, Shoot. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our Jay Garrick Flash and our, uh, our uh, Scott, Alan Scott. Um, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah. So that was kind of. It's really exciting when, you know, particularly for me, the the big one for me was Wonder Woman because she's my favourite character. She was the first character that I got to design for the book. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had my own versions of Wonder Woman for a long time. Hmm. Um, but to sort of be able to create one from scratch, that has to be a little bit different while at the same time being complete, completely recognisable. Mm. Um, as an alternate version of of the the current Wonder Woman, um, to sort of be able to design my favorite character again, yeah. is, is such a thrill. It's it was you know it was so exciting. I was so nervous because the the design that I submitted because you're meant to sort of work up a few, and I just I just submitted one, and it was a design that I'd been sitting on for probably about seven or eight years and I just it was so you know I had an emotional investment in that yeah (laughs) and it was like gosh I hope they like this because I really want it to be this and uh then they sent back to me a picture that Jim Lee had drawn of the same outfit and he'd just done a couple of tweaks uh to her uh her shin pads her 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 shin guards and what was the other tweak? He did something else. Uh, he he sort of adjusted something to do with the gauntlet on her uh, left arm. He sort of tweaked that as well. It was sort of like, okay, I can live with those tweaks. That's all right. That's all right. Just as long as I get to have everything else as, exactly as I want it. <laughs> and um and and I got that through. And that was that was a huge day for me. And now to see it come out in three D is uh is too much I, I like what you said too in terms of that it is a recognizable you know you, you look at you see that now and you know oh that's the new earth 2 wonder woman and you know that's yours it's awesome yeah yeah so it's a real thrill because you know at the moment there aren't that many wonder women with skirts yeah. and i've often heard you know prior to the pants debacle you know i think the pants are just fucking awful <laughs> 
pretty much every version of them. It's just like get rid of the pants. She's a she comes from a island of women wearing togas. Why on earth would she be wearing leather pants or stretch pants or just just get rid of those? <laughs> um, and so when it comes to sort of various skirt versions, whether it's a flowy skirt or a battle skirt or a whatever, I just sort of figured there had to be something in the middle that that was reminiscent of all those things but new, something yeah. different and sort of being able to design that, uh, you know, that was that was a bit of a thrill and that they approved it made me very happy. That's fantastic. So in this process of uh, these things becoming toys, and obviously as well as the Earth 2 action figures, uh, there is a black and white, Batman black and white, um, Earth 2 Batman statue. Yeah. Um, what, what involvement do you get in that process? Um, in the toys themselves, uh, not a lot, um, partly because it's it's all sort of happening in various stages uh, at various times, and they've got all the artwork that they need to mm-hmm. reference it. You know, they're, they're, they're not after anything other than the costume design. So they get, you know, the costume design that I submitted, but they also get all the interior pages that I drew. Um, and so they then use that as their guide um, for how to break it down. And that's essentially it. You know, I I didn't know that the Wonder Woman action figure was coming out at the same time. as I knew that the the Flash and the Green Lantern were going to be part of the first wave of uh, figures. Yep. I didn't know the Wonder Woman one was until it first appeared online. Uh I was like, holy cow! (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn amazing! And so I was trying to find a really good photograph that I could blow up so I could analyse it going... You know, did they did they get it right? Did they get it right? And I'm looking at it going, God, they got it right. Look at that. Yes, yes, that detail. I'm so finicky about shit like that. Um, and so you, so don't, you don't get any kind of approval? Oh, no. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> because, it, well, it's kind of a – it's a completely different uh, – Sure. Like it's a different coast, let alone a different office. Yes, yeah. It's, um, you know, all the, all the collectible stuff happens out of the West Coast office. Um, and, you know, they, they just sort of – they don't – need my approval no. for anything. No. Um, I guess they're, they're just, just trying to match it to the the existing sculpts they've got to see how yep. many how much retooling they need to do and all that type of stuff. Exactly, exactly. You know, it and it's the sculptors that they that they employ, um, these amazing freelance sculptors are just extraordinary. You know, they they really do find the detail, you know, because they'll they'll get every page or panel where this character appears and they will be looking at how you you know because sometimes you have to you cheat stuff when you're drawing in 2d um you know something that you show from the side and then you show it from a different angle you you sort of Mm. sometimes five groups five groups in one and two groups in another exactly or you mightn't um i I remember we interviewed uh, randy bowen from from bowen designs uh, quite a while ago and he one of his most famous you know non-marvel sculptures is of frank frazetta's death dealer and he told the story of that when he he had to sculpt a 3d version of it but the the other side of it wasn't visible in the in the painting, in, and he had to actually like work with Frazetta to get him to work out what the other side was. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, when, when yeah, when the, when they're doing a sculpt for an act for an action figure, they're they're just sort of taking 
the design. You know, they don't need to know what the figure is doing. They just need to know what the costume does. Hmm. And they can see that from the various panels. You know, at some point in time you're going to see the various characters from different angles and that's completely sufficient. That acts as their turnaround. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but it's completely different when you're designing the statue, like the, the Batman Black and White. Um, they approached me about that a couple of years ago at San Diego. I think, you know, the first couple of issues of Earth 2 had just come out. Um, and, you know, obviously Batman had appeared and uh, they approached me. It was uh, it was pretty funny, actually. They approached me at the train station uh, <laughs> on the way back to L.A. As you do. Uh, yeah. Was the, 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 the guy uh, who's sort of in charge of all that kind of business, um, he just sort of came up to me in the line and said, oh, hi, Nicola, my name is Jim and, and this is what I do at DC in the West Coast office and blah, 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 blah. Would you be interested in doing a Batman black and white? Instantly. I was like, fuck yeah, because the <laughs> Batman black and white series is such a, it's such a brilliant series of statues. It's you know, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there is a series of collectibles of of sort of you know little little collectible statues that has been at the same time so cohesive, but also so expansive. Yeah, you know it's extraordinary when when you see them, particularly when you see them on mass. They just look amazing. Mm, I've actually got mine. I've just done a new. A set of shelves here in in my study specifically for them, right. and uh, they they are. My, my wife does not get this stuff at all. Right. Like she still would struggle to pick Aquaman out of a crowd. He's my he's my guy, um, right. and even she finds the Batman black and white statues aesthetically you know pleasing. They're, they're aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're you know they're not too big, so they don't overwhelm. No. Because they're sort of monotone and monochrome, there is something sort of uh, really quite groovy uh, to pretty much any aesthetic. Um, and when you see a number of them together, it just sort of compounds how cool they look. And, and I think as well that the, the um, black and white uh, effect really helps you appreciate and the different artists styles of it like i really you look at it right away and go okay that's jim aparo that's darwin cook um and you're not kind of distracted by color schemes exactly um, and uh, so it really uh it's so effective yeah. um i'm still hanging out for the batgirl hello yeah, yeah. well fingers crossed i know i mean we've got we've got catwoman but got harley but no batgirl Oh, so she'll, you, she'll come. I'm sure she'll come. She'll come. Yeah. So you were more involved in in the the black and white statue. Yeah, absolutely. Because for that, um, essentially, they said, you know, do you want us to just pull something from the book, or would you like to submit some designs? Um, and I sort of I, I I thought about it and I flipped through the and he's only in the one issue. And I was like, look, there are a couple of poses in there that are almost interesting <laughs> for a, a statue, but not quite. Um, so let me let me sort of do some things. And so I sort of did a six, I think it was six or eight, um, just sort of really small little figures, you know, just sort of action figures. Um you know, I knew I wanted him to have his battens because that was one of the things that makes him different. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew I wanted to do an action pose rather than a standing pose because there, you know, some of my favorite of the black and whites are standing poses, but I feel like he comes from a really action heavy book. Hmm. You know, it's, it's not a Batman book. It's a, it's a universe, a whole universe in a book. Um, and it's, it's distinctly actiony and there's not a lot of standing around. And so I just said, okay, let's do something actiony. So I, I came up with six different poses. Um, there were two in particular that they kind of liked. So I drew those two from a different angle. Um, we chose one and I drew it from two more angles so that we could get sort of like a quarter and uh, like a 90 degree turnaround. Hmm. And, uh, when they liked that, I then redrew that 90 degrees, but with detail. So I added all the, you know, all the belt business and all this, you know, they want that the, uh, the, the sculptor himself needs all the, all the finer details of my version of that pose of that design. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, and I was kept in the loop, you know, so I drew this sort of four point turnaround. So again, you know, each 90 degree angle. Um, and that in itself is kind of really tricky to do because, like I was saying before, you know, when you're drawing something in 2D, you can kind of cheat this, that, and the other. But I did find myself going, okay, so I've drawn it from this angle and from this angle. What would it look like from the other two? And you actually have to sort of get up off your chair and stand and do the pose. It's like, okay, so if I'm doing this, what is my body actually doing? Where is the twist in my spine? Is there a lean? Oh, yes, there's a lean. Oh, my ankle's doing that. Okay, that's interesting. You know, I sort of have to find my my center of balance, you know, where your gravity point is and exactly what your shoulders and your hips are doing in relation to each other. And that is really interesting when you try to sort of 3D that. Um, So sort of getting that turnaround right to, you know, to my eye and to my brain, that was really interesting. But the, the sort of the the real test is whether or not the sculptor can make it work and it not look ridiculous, you know, mm. not look like elongated man. Um, <laughs> hey, don't and... don't knock elongated man. Oh, I'm not. He's cool, I, man. I would, would kill for an elongated man statue. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and oh, I think they'd have a hard time boxing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it not snapping and afraid. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I sort of was kept in the loop on the sculpting side. So they sent me, uh, it was like a sort of 10 degree breakdown of the turnaround of the initial sculpt so that I could see it was without any of the detail, but it was the, the, the body plus most of the musculature. You know, it wasn't all cut, but you know, his, his bulk was there. So was this digital or clay? This was clay. Well, I don't know what re- what what medium they used, but it was Whatever it was physical. It was, yeah. wow. it was physical, so it was it was literally someone sculpting it. Mm. Um, and that was extraordinary because there's no color, there's no detail. It was just this, you know, man shape doing this action with the little bat ears sticking up. He didn't have a cape at this point because we wanted to be able to see exactly what his body was doing. And sort of being able to see it at that sort of 10-degree turnaround, so every 10 degrees there'd be another shot, 
And that was sort of like, wow, look at that, because it looks really actiony and it looks right from every single angle. Hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then they showed me again when it had all the details on and then again when they'd added the cape and then again when we were sort of breaking down the colours and that that was sort of, that was a lot of fun, seeing that sort of come to fruition each step of the way. Cool. And so uh, eventually that came out and you were doing a signing. Uh, comics. Comics, yes, I did. I did a launch for it. How was that doing a launch for a for a statue? <laughs> uh, pretty cute. I've done I've done a, a few signings at Kings. The guys at Kings have have always been really really good to me, and um, they contacted me about it uh, a few months in advance. We'd sort of been talking about doing an Earth Two signing at some point, um, and for whatever reason, either I'm away or they've got other stuff on or whatever, we just sort of never got round to finding the right moment to have an Earth 2 signing. And then when the statue was announced, they said, look, we're going to order up big because um, we'll keep selling these for ages. Um, mm. You know, you're, you're always at all the conventions. There's always going to be people that are going to want to buy them. Mm. So we're ordering up big and we'll, we want to do a launch. Would you be interested in doing a launch? And I was like, absolutely, let's do this. And uh, and that was a lot of fun. So, you know, I sort of I signed a lot of uh, the statues they you know, um, they were selling a lot that day, so I was getting to sign them for people there at the time. Mm. And then I signed a bu- bunch of them uh, for them to have in the store as, as signed editions. And, you know, and when I'm there, I sort of tend to say, you know, what else have you got? Just, you know, bring me a bunch of books and I'll just sign them while I'm here. Oh, nice. Um, and it was, a, it was a fun half day. <laughs> so when you uh, sign statues, where where do you sign them? Are you signing the box or the base or the? Well, I ask I ask what people would like. Sure, yeah. Um, most of the time, I was signing on the base. You know, the Batman black and white statues because they've all got the same base. Uh, it, it's sort of a it's a great place to sign. So you know, get out your silver sharpie and and give. That a quick little sign. Some people want it on the underneath of the base, which hmm. is fine. Some people want it on the box. Some people want it on both. And you know, it's just sort of. Uh, I'm I'm not a signature collector myself. Yeah. Um, but I kind of understand the the, not just the the, the eBay value added, but the the sort of emotional value added of getting something signed and the 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 meeting. Um, of the creator or the artist or the writer um, that you've become a, a fan of. Um, I kind of, I, uh, being on the on the doing the signature side for for a while now, I've kind of sort of really got to the point where I under, I do understand the nature of it, and I think it's really sweet. Hmm. You know, it's that sort of it's that connection. You know, it's part of part of their story of their fandom. Yeah, I think you're right. I, like, I'm not a big signature person either. That in, in just in terms of, oh, I just hate queuing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to really. I queued for George Perez. Oh, you know, that's worth queuing. For. Yeah, I mean, and and he's just the most generous person. Isn't he uh, ridiculous? You can't uh, believe that he's so sweet and so humble. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, but he obviously he gets it. You know, he gets yeah. the fans and whatever. And I'd queue for him. But there's a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, no, no. I, I'd queue for you, Nicola. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I your art to me reminds me a lot of his in a lot of ways. Um, oh. it, in terms of like, you've got, got that ability to um, have a lot of detail happening, but none of it is lost or you know that blurry or yeah he you've got that skill of having a lot of characters or a lot of things happening in the background but none of it feels like it's thrown away and that's what i love about his art too yeah thank you very much he 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 was absolutely one of my influences you know of those half a dozen books that i had read in my 20s you know a, a few of them were george perez books because he'd worked on wonder woman yeah yeah and you know, that was it, it was his uh, sort of art in that. That was the first time that I'd seen comic book art and felt like I related to it. Hmm. That doesn't um, surprise me. I, like I said, I, I, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, you know, echoing of that and then you've taken it in a different, you know, and added your own <clears throat> obviously really unique um, style to it, but that's one of the things I love about it. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very yeah. much. I'll take that as a huge compliment because yeah. he's become a big a big influence for me. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of his. Oh, oh there you go. Group hugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is there anything, there's another series of earth two coming out. There's a hot girl. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen them though. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to, um, I don't know if there's been sort of sneak peeks or. Oh yeah. The, the hot girl action figure there has been. Oh, is there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Awesome. Get on Google, girl. Come on. Dude. Yeah, okay. better. Oh, yeah, no, I love Hulk Girl. I, I think she's a, a great character. Oh, yeah. And I love drawing her outfit. Um, that was a, a costume that Brett Booth designed. Okay. And, um, and I have, yeah, I have a lot of fun drawing her, her helmet and her wings in particular. I love the color scheme too. It's just different, yeah. you know, like it's, it's really interesting. You know, as soon as I saw that design straight away, I was like, this is awesome. I'm totally, you know, please don't. <laughs> ask for more choices because this is the one that I want to draw. Oh, that's cool. Mm, yeah. And are there other figures in that next wave or are you not sure? Or They're not really uh, doing waves as much. Um, well, I'm presuming there will be uh, a few. I'm hoping that the Superman, the original Superman, will be part of that range. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, Superman and Batman are coming with that next series. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see our original Superman and Batman um, so that we're not just getting the dark versions of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the Superman in particular, because that was when I got to design my own version of the S-Shield. Yeah, that's pretty. That, uh, stands out, that one. Yeah, I sort of wanted to, you know, my first job on when I was starting Earth 2 because I, I was given that gig about six months before I started working on it. You know, they, they lined me up for it saying, you know, it'll be starting kind of in in this series. Uh, it's it's part of the second wave. It's starting six months after the, the New 52 launch. Um, so, you know, would you be interested in doing it? And I was like, hell yeah, that's the kind of job that I want. So let's do that. And I remember having a chat to you. I remember having a chat to you at um, Supernova. You probably don't remember me, but it was just around the time New Fifty Two was launching, and you right. weren't attached to anything. <clears throat> and I don't know if you were being cagey or not at the time, but um, uh, you, you obviously didn't say anything about Actually, it. Actually, I remember. I remember that weekend, that particular weekend, because I can remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who's a novelist, 
mm. and saying to her, I'm going to San Diego this year and I'm going to make sure that DC gives me a really good job because, mm. uh, you know, the things that they offered me for the new 52, they weren't what I was after. So I just said no. And you were finishing and, up the Teen Titans at the yeah, time. So, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'd sort of said no to the things that they offered me. And then wasn't offered anything. And I was like, <laughs> maybe I've kind of, you know, lost it here. You know, the, the new editor-in-chief isn't that familiar with me and and stuff. And then the internet had a meltdown that there were no female creators except for Gail on one book. Yeah. And so I think that really worked in my favour because <laughs> uh, I remember having a conversation with, with this novelist friend of mine going, I really need to go to San Diego. I need to whip them into gear. And I was getting sort of really feisty about it because San Diego was about a month away. And sometime, it was probably about a week and a half after that uh, supernova um, that they sent me an email saying, would you like to work on this sort of Justice Society book, which is what it was at the time, mm-hmm. um, uh, as part of the second wave. And I was like, yes, because I wanted something. I wasn't necessarily after yet another team book. I was kind of hoping to avoid a team book. But what I wanted was <laughs> a, a man book. Mm. Um, you know, I'd been drawing a lot of female-driven books or a lot of fringe-driven books or a lot of kid-driven books. And what I wanted was like a testosterone super-powered man book. Mm. <laughs> um, and that wasn't what I was getting offered. And so when they said, you know, do you want to do Justice Society, I was like, fuck, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, I will draw another team book for that. <laughs> that's great. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, so by the time it actually came time for me to start working on it, uh, they said, okay, first protocol, uh, by that stage, Green Lantern and Flash were already designed. Mm. Um, Joe Prado had had been working on them, and at the very last minute, Jim Lee submitted the Flash design that none of us were huge fans of, but I I feel like we've made it work um, in a way that's kind of cute. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, they said, okay, first up, we need you to design Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, are you kidding? <laughs> holy cow. You know, that, that's like the dream gig yeah. to, you know, come up with a brand new version of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And I was like, oh my God, sky's the limit. I can do whatever I want. But I knew I wanted it to be really classic, but at the same time be really true to their roots. You know, by that stage I'd seen the new 52 versions and everyone looked like they were like in G-Force uniforms. It was all sort of like <laughs> variations on a theme. You know what yeah. I mean? They all had collars. They all had too many ribs and Pocket. lines on their costumes and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like, okay, I really know I don't want to do that. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted... One, I, I wanted to go back to their roots, so I wanted Superman's to be sort of sci-fi but really uh, classic and elegant, um, and I wanted Batman's to be sort of practical and and sort of a little uh, the the Batman by gas lamp or Gotham by gas lamp, a, uh, yeah. a, a, a series that had been around in the eighties. The Mark Mignola look. Yes, it was that kind of idea. I sort of wanted to go back to sort of like a classic detective-y. Mm. look um and with wonder when i wanted to you know go grisham warrior thing mm. and uh so you know the the first one i did was was wonder woman obviously and uh i sat around with the the superman shield for a while going okay i, I want to do something that's absolutely the superman shield and this is before man of steel had come out or that the first shots of man of steel had come out um i want to do something really classic 
but I want it to be really elegant and really simple. And so I came up with what is now the Earth 2 Superman shield. And round about the same time I submitted it, the first photo of Henry Cavill in the Superman outfit came out. And they're they're not the same, but they're sort of similar in that they're quite both quite elegant. You know, there's there's the sort of big fat uh, curve of the S in the middle mm. that sort of comes into very sort of fine, elegant lines at the ends. And um, and it was kind of more the shield than anything else that I wanted approved. Hmm. And when they approved it, I was very very happy. And we now have our brand new uh, superhero character, our brand new uh, Kryptonian sort of Superman character who will shortly be wearing the shield. Oh, great. And, uh, yeah, I got to design him from scratch. Again, you know, really simple and really elegant. And, uh, oh, there's been there, there's been images of him, so I don't need to be yeah. coy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so sort of getting to design that, that was a huge treat because I, I, I'm, so I'm hoping there's an action figure of that. That's, that's one that I want to keep on my shelf as well. Yeah, I reckon you're pretty safe with Superman. You know? Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty likely to get a gig, you know, yeah. as, a, as a toy. As an extra figure. I'm, so, I'm hoping so. Yeah, that Superman one I think is in September, October. Fantastic. Probably, so I'll be definitely be picking that one up. Well, do you know, you. do you have any ideas of other stuff coming out? I mean, there's a few few characters that you've been throwing in there. Um. Yeah, I suppose, like, Absolutely, the the sort of the primary characters they they know they'll make some sales from. Um, I suppose it really depends on how well they sell, how many you know lines they do. Mm. You know, it'll it'll be easy sell for them to do the Superman and the Batman. I'm pretty sure they'll do an evil Superman at some point because he's been such a big part of our current story arc. Mm. I'm really hoping they do a Doctor Fate. Oh mm. yeah, I am too. Because uh, that could be a lot of fun. Um, isn't there, is there, there's an Aquaman, Aquaman now, is there? Oh, look, I would hope so. I, I, she's one of those characters that I think if sales are good, they'll get to her eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't see her being one of the next run. No. You know, she's, it, it, you know, Hawker will be the token female in, in, <laughs> uh, the, the second, the second wave. Mm. And if there's a third wave, we we might get Aquawoman, or we might get uh, Lois Lane, <laughs> Lois Tornado, yeah. Lois Tornado, yeah. <laughs> um, so it really kind of it really depends on on which characters uh, they want to pursue. I think it's been really interesting with DC collectibles um, now that they're DC collectibles rather than DC direct is they're actually putting out product that kind of coincides with things that are going on. And I don't think that's really happened before. Yes. They're trying to keep up. And uh, I think, I think generally fans really appreciate that. I think so too. I think so too. They're they're doing a great job of it. It's actually something that has drawn me back to some, because I, you know, I started off with a lot of the new 52 stuff and it it hasn't really gelled with me. Um, But the, the toys 
is part of what's actually brought me back to some of the comics. Um, you know, I love Earth 2. I've been reading that. Um, you know, but it's just some of the kind of main universe stuff that I've looked at some of the toys and thought, ah, oh, actually, maybe I should have another look at, you know, that. And uh, which is right. kind of, but it's because it's timely. You know, one of the things that we, that we used to get frustrated with, with DC Direct, uh, was that, you know, you get stuff kind of two or three years after the storyline. Yeah, not very direct. No, it's not very direct. And and it wasn't a version of the character you cared about. No. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's it's always sort of slightly wrong. Yeah, whereas now with, you know, we are... I'm really impressed with what DC Collectibles is doing because it is timely and it's really consistent in that, uh, in terms of the six inch action figures, they're really fitting together as a universe, very consistent style, etc. cetera, um, yes. which is very, uh, collector friendly for sure. And they're, they're looking like their comic book counterparts. Yes. You know, they're, 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 they really look good. And I, I suppose that's got a lot to do with the fact that the West coast office, is operating in in such a productive way. You know, I got to go into the West Coast office um, last year, I think it was, and it's an amazing space. You can understand why everyone there is so creative and and driven to sort of pursue all this kind of stuff. Um, And I suppose with digital technology and being able to sort of 3D design bits and pieces, it's making the, the sort of, the specific variations in action figures that much more uh, doable. Mm-hmm. Th- thinking to you know the stuff you worked on over your career, if yeah. you could have any of that stuff made as toys, what would it be? I'd really want a Secret Six range. Yeah. Really, really, really want a Secret Six range. If I could get uh, you know, a Catman, like my Catman, my Deadshot, and, uh, you know, my Scandal and my Ragdoll, mm. uh, I would be, that That would be enough for me. But if I could then get Janet and uh, Jeanette and, and Bane as well, hmm. that would just be too much. <laughs> you know, that, the, the, that team to me, because there's such a fan base. Oh, yeah. For... Uh, Secret Six, and it's not dying down. No. It's just it's not going away. No. I, I said uh, to you before we started recording that that's the the one thing I really grieve from, you know, from before the New 52 is that that was just uh, such a, a perfect series and it's I, I really miss it. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people, you know, it's it, because it was such a unique book, a lot of people really miss it and they're not – forgetting that they mm. really miss it and i think you know it wouldn't be, wouldn't surprise me if if they decided to bring it back in some way because it 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 was never a huge seller but it was really passionately followed and uh you know i'm i'm hoping that in light of the the new 52 that the sort of the the big wigs at dc sort of understand the value of of the niche as yes. well as the the mainstream hmm. of their range, you know, Batman and Superman don't need to be in everything. <gasps> you um, shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, we we love a lot of them, but oh it, it does get to a point where it's like, okay, now for something else, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I think we'd all love to see Catman back and 
a few other crazies. Absolutely. I, I, mean, I think that they, they, they uh, we get underestimated. The fans get underestimated a lot in terms of what, like we will read stuff that is good. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to have uh, the big, you know, the big hitters in it to be good. Yeah. And Secret Six is a perfect example of that, where you take characters that, you know, I mean, Catman, hello. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because specifically with something like Secret Six, it's not as though it just had, you know, an average level readership in terms of numbers, because there are a lot of books that have that. But that readership is absolutely, you know, if they, whatever the numbers were, I can't quite remember what they were. I think they were sort of in the low 20s, like 23,000 a month. Um, the trades of of Secret Six continue to sell really well, huh. and I reckon if they released uh, a Secret Six series, a pre-new fifty-two Secret Six series, uh, they would sell twenty-three thousand of each character mm-hmm. because. I, I reckon everyone yeah. that read that book was passionate about that book. It was never one of those books that was just sort of part of your reading pile. No, no. It was always a favourite. Absolutely. I, th- I think low 20s would keep them in print currently because it's. I think you have to dip below 20 to get cancelled at the moment. <laughs> uh, probably. Probably. That's usually been the standard that, you know, below 20 is when you're in the danger zone. Hmm. It's certainly a big company. <laughs> Ah, oh, fantastic. So, so do you see yourself doing Earth 2 for the foreseeable future? Um, well, I'm not 100% sure because uh, the the monthly is getting a weekly sort of supplemental. Oh. Uh, come, you know, uh, DC does a, a big event every September oh, yeah. yep. since the new 52. Uh, after the September event, uh, October... But starts with a, a spin-off, which is the New 52 Weekly, that goes on for six months. And so there's suddenly going to be a lot more creators, a lot more, uh, a lot of writers and a lot of artists sort of suddenly contributing to the Earth 2 world. Um, and I know they're sort of having creator summits about that at the moment in terms of, you know, the writers and and fixing up exactly where they want the various story arcs to go and what characters and who's doing what. And uh, at some point I will find out my part in that, you know, uh, they'll, they'll say to me what I want to do, you know, what they would like me to do. And I'll tell them what I want to do and (laughs) we'll, we'll sort of go from there. Yep. But until sort of, you know, there's a little more information to play with. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. But it's been a while. I've been on the book for nearly two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, you know, it's been a pretty fun book to work on. Oh, it's fantastic! Too, it's the highlight of the new fifty two for me. Oh, um, great. Yeah, it's. It, I think because it's we we love uh, alternate universes. Yeah, that's the and I think it's a way where you really can play with um, these characters and make it less predictable and uh, you just do fun things and that's the um, and you know with a great story and absolutely beautiful artwork, who could ask for more? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's the the great thing about sort of Earth Two is we're not bogged down by other people's continuity. Yeah, you know, we just sort of everything that happens it happens in our book. And so it's sort of, uh, it means a lot of shit has to happen and it has to have this huge cast. <laughs> um, 
but it it you know when we when we're in a position to kill Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman in the first issue, you kind of set the the standard for anything can happen. <laughs> and you know some of the things that have already happened, some of the things that are going to be coming out in the next couple of months. You know, there's something that I drew about a month ago that'll come out in about a month that I'm just like, oh, shit, when this happens, I don't know how people are going to react to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those moments where it was like, just when we thought we were getting somewhere. No, oh. no. Maybe we'll get a toy of it. You never know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That'll be a pretty fun little action, action set. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It has been absolutely awesome to um, just get your story and then to get the creator take on uh, the, the the toy stuff that we um, love so much, and we, we really appreciate your input. That's a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and, and uh, I, I wish you many more little plastic uh, and cold cast porcelain um you know uh 3d representations of your work on your shelves in years to come oh thank you i do too <laughs> fantastic thank you nicola thanks guys bye the action figure blues podcast can be found on itunes and stitcher radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab if you do listen to us on itunes please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review we also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news new releases old lines and engage in trades and sales in a safe community please join us there while you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Okay, sorry. I got I got it. So if I say I'm Scott, I'm Eli, and I'm Nicola. And I'm Nicola. Yeah. You get to say and. Okay. Oh the and yeah, and that's actually That's really important. It's really important because we we fight with and that will be the most important word I will emphasize. We we fight over who gets to say the and and (laughs) and and also we, we, we highly critique the quality of other people's ands. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there are some oh. people that aren't allowed to have the end. Um, right. Yeah, so it's actually... <laughs> They're not worthy of no, the No, they, they, they are not worthy you of the one, end. You had one shot. That's right. So, that, yes, I've got to let you know now, even though, you know, you're a superstar, my favorite artist, blah, 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 if you fuck up the end... Yeah, like, it's that, all over. It's... <laughs> <laughs>